You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to our podcast, Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast, episode 120. My name is Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Hey, how'd you do that without counting down? I don't know. Uh, it's magic. Podcast magic. Uh, well, okay, so... A funny thing happened on the way to the grocery store. Oh, okay. Well, actually, at the grocery store. All right. uh, Jordan met a lady. Oh, I heard about this. (laughs) Jordan did meet a lady. Justin, have you heard? Justin Lowe is back with us again this week. Have you heard heard about the lady? I have not heard about the lady. I'm going to need to know about this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I remember the story. He He was in line at Kroger to check out, and apparently there was a very attractive lady in front of jordan in line yeah yeah and she had a huge stack of lunchables a whole container <laughs> she had a whole container of lunchables that uh apparently yeah she was fighting with the, the cashier the pers- person uh that they better ring up as on sale for a dollar <laughs> I was she that. sick and like preparing her, her 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 bunker for the coming apocalypse? Yeah, he he. Uh, well, just he had the same thing. I think. Yeah, they both had the same. same Their eyes met. Right. And yeah. Exactly. Yes. He. Uh, so he found his soulmate, and they ran away together. I believe. Yeah, that's why he's not here this week. So they they're off to the Mothman. Yes, and. For, I, uh, for anybody and listeners that aren't in the middle Ohio Valley, they probably have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, okay, yeah. The Mothman Festival happens every year in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It's a big, one of those Bigfoot things he does. And <laughs> <laughs> he's not here, so that's I can say a, that. Yeah, that's a good way yeah. to describe it. What, he'll, he'll give us the whole breakdown when he gets back. But basically, he went up there to show some of his comic books, so pro stuff. Yeah. So that's awesome. Hopefully it's super successful and we will hear all about it. But anyway, the point is I told him my crutch wasn't going to be here. I like to mm-hmm. just say whatever I want to say. And then usually he pipes gets, in, you know, yeah. he pipes up and has way more to say about it and <laughs> says it better. And I just get to sit back and think, what, what am I going to say next? Yeah. Yeah. I was excited for him though. When he told me, you know, like, it was a very unjordan thing like to hear from him that you oh, know yeah. he, he met his soulmate in the line of kroger yeah. so well i'm assuming if she was that pretty it's probably somebody that i met a number of years ago first <laughs> uh, and then passed off to him right. so. yes we, we we have to assume as much yeah yeah so <laughs> we expect all lots of commentary like that throughout the episode <laughs> <laughs> big shoes to fill <clears throat> um so in his honor, we're going to do a lot of talk about uh, Coen Brothers, Shakira, Garrett Dillahunt, Dennis Haysbert, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bendis, uh, Nessie, Mothra, is Philadelphia <laughs> really sunny? We're going to all of his favorite topics. <laughs> um, so what are we doing this What week? are we? Movies. Movies. Save Martha. Puny God. 
I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before Zod! Under Ruth! You said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> okay, I just want to say that ever since last week's episode, when when we play that movie bumper and it has that save Martha line, and somebody, I don't remember who, somebody ripped off the save Ma- Mothra thing in the at the end of the credits, I suck it in. That's all I hear now. Good. <laughs> That's my goal. That's all I hear. So... Let's just start. You, uh, Justin, you said you watched a bunch of trailers. So what what, uh, what caught your yeah, attention? It's been some weird stuff. A, a lot of what I was able to find were bad news about movies, uh, oh, which yeah. I think is always a good place to start. Um, I, I found a, you know, doing some research, trying to figure out exactly what to talk about here. Cause you know, I, I know I got big Jordan shoes to fill. Um, and the first couple of things I saw were just bad news. Um, the first one I saw, you know, everybody knows they're making a, a Top Gun two oh, yeah. because they're making a they're either rebooting or making sequels to I think everything that has ever been made ever. Um, and they announced the other day that the Top Gun two has been delayed until at least twenty twenty. Um, and you know, as far as movies go, that's generally not a good sign when you bump it two years, uh, especially a movie that's probably not going to be that reliant on animation or CGI or anything like that. I mean, this is, you know, dudes flying planes. Um, right. And Tom Cruise doesn't use CGI. So exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I think they probably are delaying it to go out and learn how to pilot an F-14 or whatever it is he's flying. He's gonna um, so he's gonna be flying real combat missions. I heard. I think so. So he's he's gonna do it like what was it? He jumped out of the plane every night for 150 nights in a row or something. So yeah. <laughs> he's gonna f- go fly a plane 150 days in a row. <laughs> um, that won't get expensive. Um, <laughs> the uh, the other bad rumor I heard was uh, about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, obviously there has been a bit of a kerfuffle. Uh, with with the director um he is no longer the director um and nobody really knows what's going to happen uh so guardians 3 is on hold for right now and nobody really knows i I, it will come back uh because let's face it that guardians franchise is printing money uh for for disney so there's going to be a third guardians movie i I just don't think anybody knows when it's going to happen uh or what it's really going to look like yeah, I'm um, kind of impressed by some, like Dave Batista, like putting his foot down, and yeah, you know these, yeah. they've got some, you know, they can help make these decisions, and they, you know, if they don't want to be in it, it's going to take us be a struggle to get it going. I thought, yeah. what well, first thing I thought when I heard that news that was you guys probably weren't going to be too happy because that's going to affect some Disney stuff as far as. Like their rides, they have all these Guardians of the Galaxy rides, a roller coaster and stuff. And yeah. I know the last yeah. time they they filmed, they took time during the filming schedule to film segments for the rides. And mm-hmm. if they don't do that, where are you going to get your footage for a roller coaster? Yeah, it's I. You got me. <laughs> I expected like yeah. an uproar. In yeah, there. no, I mean they're they're built right now. They're constructing it at Epcot. 
they're constructing this huge gigantic uh building structure to house this in indoor roller coaster that um yeah i i, I don't know i don't know nobody knows what's going to happen at this point so yeah i'm i'm, I'm i got to believe that they may have hopefully planned a little bit ahead and can either you know, either they've already done it um, because they knew they were going to have the folks, you know, all there, you know, two years ago when they were filming part two, mm-hmm. or they can cobble together some stuff. I, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit different. I, I don't think the roller coaster is going to need as much in-depth, lengthy footage as the the old Tower of Terror does out at Disneyland, yeah. uh, which is now the Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout. Yeah, colon mission breakout. Um, you know, there, there's some lengthy uh, scenes in there with each of the characters. So, I, you know, obviously they would have had to have done that when they had them all together. Um, you know, can the actors kind of hold that over Disney's head, you know, to get Gunn back in the in the director's chair? I, I don't I'm not sure how that's all going to play out. It's it's kind of a weird a weird time we live in. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, have you guys been watching any movies? Crickets. I did. I watched the movies. I'm glad you did. Yay. I watched a movie called First Reformed with Ethan Hawke. And it's directed by, directed and written by Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver. And it is very Taxi Driver. It's about uh, this priest. Ethan Hawke plays a priest in a small congregation in upstate New York. And he grapples with mounting despair brought on by tragedy. And uh, a tormented past. It's got Amanda Siegfried in it, but mm-hmm. it's really strange. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty strange. It has a really strange ending that will be uh, some people like, some people don't. But I, I really enjoyed the movie. It was, it was kind of crazy. But he was just like basically the church he is running is one of the oldest churches, you know. Near, from around the Revol- pre-revolutionary war and it, you know it's more of a it's just such a small congregation because it's more of just a historical landmark you know very few people actually go there but take, they give, give a lot of tours and things mm-hmm. and and he's he's kind of an alcoholic and he has to he's trying to deal with some of his uh, parishioners and one of the parishioners husband is really struggling with um what's happening to the earth, you know, global warming and all that. And like, he's, he's trying to help the guy stay positive. It just, it's, it's hard to explain, you know, how it changed the movie changes, but he becomes very caught up in what's going on. And, uh, like I said, it has a taxi driver field. Uh, so enough about first reformed cause we got cut off and it didn't matter anyway. So let's go on. The next movie I saw was summer of 84, uh, set, in 1984 it's like a slasher feeling movie but it you know creepy somebody's taking kids and somebody in your neighborhood in your very own neighborhood could be a killer it stars our uh, friend of the pod rich summer i feel like i've heard about this before. yeah I've, yeah i feel like i just <laughs> talked about this recently anyway he uh it was very predictable like i said i was talking to my son as we watched it and predicting everything as it happened but it's still, we enjoyed it, and the ending is kind of crazy and not predictable. So that that was worth seeing, actually. Uh, but the movie I like the most, so, you know, 
in the last month was Searching with John Cho and it was from a first time director and he it was set all on screen on computer screens and phone screens it's a real clever you know way of showing how you would try to find somebody if you know and you're they, you know, like the phone calls they had they would use FaceTime on there and they'd have it up there while they're using the computer so. did you ever see that episode of Modern Family from a few years ago I yeah I remember them doing Where stuff like they that. did yeah. something similar yeah. yeah it was all of course it was all like Apple product, but they were going right. from like, mm-hmm. yeah, they were they were going from iChat or whatever they use, yeah. uh, iPads and, and on the Mac and right. iPhone I, chat. Or, uh, I like really FaceTime. enjoyed this, and while you know it's like he's you know working with investigators, there you know he I liked basically I liked when you know they're doing what you would do, like not and also not they're not doing dumb things they're. They're doing it before you think of it. When they're, when the characters are super smart, you know, I I enjoy that. He was like, okay, this that is a neat way to try to find something out if you're looking for, you know, his daughter's missing. You know, you find out very very early in the movie, so that's who he's look, searching for, and just all the clever ways they go about it. And there's so many things like it would pay off, you know, to watch again. I can't wait to see it again when it comes out to rent, just because there's so many things going on on the screen that you see you know i would catch different things like oh that was a clue you know to what was going to happen anyway really really good movie innovative movie i'm i'm looking forward to watching it again and definitely think it'll be in my top 10 of the hmm. year Ooh. yeah uh, i've always really liked john cho i i said you know he he's he's been the saving grace in a lot of really terrible things um Wasn't he was in a show uh, yeah, he was in a sitcom a couple of years ago called Selfie. Um, it was basically just a blatant My Fair Lady ripoff to the point where his character name was Henry Higgs, um, and it had Karen Gillan in it, uh, who's been in a, a number of other things, mm-hmm. and, and her name was Eliza Dooley. And <laughs> you know, Henry Higgs was trying to teach her the ways of you right. know how to be a grown up in an office. Um, Best part about that one is it had David Harewood in it, uh, who went on to play John Jones in Supergirl. So, ah, huh, cool. So you guys officially haven't watched any movies. Is that the? Is that the? Thing? I I was all set. I was I was leaving the house one Sunday when Michelle was at work, and I was gonna go watch Happy Time Murders, and instead I just sat on the couch and watched football all day. So I feel really I hear, bad. Yeah. From what I hear, you did all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard it, it got pretty bad reviews. But, I, you know, there, that whole genre of weird adult puppet movie, like I love Meet the Feebles, uh, that Peter Jackson movie from 20 years ago. Um, you know, I, I like those sorts of things. So, but I love I was, the idea of that. Like, it seems like a Roger Rabbit type idea, only, yeah. you know, of course they're going dirty, but it could be so good. It just seemed, the reviews I heard were, uh, people agreeing with us like that that should be good but they just they didn't execute it right yeah i i was definitely showing i, I was planning on showing up to be disappointed but you know with popcorn right. so yeah well, I, yeah i do that <laughs> with all popcorn the time. you hear that i show up most places prepared to be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> so there's no reason to hang around here in movies we got all kinds of stuff to talk about let's let's do a one job 
One job forever? Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm gonna do it, okay? You tosser. You had one job to do. Okay. So. Big news this week. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we, uh, we had a death. Was, uh, Burt Reynolds died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week I think it was. Uh, yeah, he's up there. I don't, I don't remember how old he was. In his eighty-two. 80s. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say yeah. he was in his eighties. So, yeah. so, but he was still working. He he had a heart attack on set mm-hmm. of whatever it was that he oh, was filming. Man. So he was still working. You know, at eighty-two as Burt Reynolds. Yeah. So, huh. yeah, I knew he. Well, he's got one coming out. He did a film. I don't think it's been released with um, Ariel Winter from Modern Family. Okay. Not, I want to say recently. Okay. Well, there was a movie, uh, the last, it's the last something I, I know he did within, within this past year that mm-hmm. I, I think is streaming right now. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, he's had, you know, oh my gosh, yeah. many iconic movies We thought, Well, this is a great time to take care of this. Justin mentioned his name. That's all we need. Um, but uh, do you guys have any, uh, you know, well, let's just go through the list yeah, I was here. Say, read a few off. I, well, first up, so he's like, I mean, he was the biggest box office draw in the late 70s. Male, like, it's it's just a fact, you know. And and, and it start starting, he goes all the way back to, like, Gunsmoke, if I, if I recall. So mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's look him up here. Oh, man, Burt Reynolds. I mean, I, right off the top of my head, the, the longest yard. Yeah, I mean, um, gosh. Uh, later on, yeah, remember he played the old, uh, the creepy guy in strip tees. Yep, with yep, D- yep. Demi Moore, cop and a half, cop. And, oh, how so, could we forget cop right, and a yeah. half? Uh, uh, Hooper, <laughs> the Cannonball Run movies, of course, Smokey and the Bandit. Mm-hmm. Navajo Joe, the last movie star is the one from the past year yeah. that I, okay. I saw. Um, yeah, the Longest Yard. Um, he was in both versions. Yes, he was. Yeah. You mm-hmm. are correct. Um, uh, he did singing and dancing in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. True. Oh true, yeah, with a uh, Dolly Parton. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, the biggest ones you know that stick out to me are Deliverance and Boogie Nights. Yeah, he he won a Golden Globe for Boogie Nights. Was up for Best Supporting Actor. Um, that's one for of the G- Oscars. Yeah, that's yeah. one of Jordan. That would probably be Jordan's pick. I have Jordan's pick. Oh wow! Yes. Okay, I I came prepared okay. with that. So, awesome. <laughs> so yeah, um, but I, I'm curious what you guys think. He, he when he took Deliverance, like I I like Deliverance. I've seen it, you know two or three times in my life. It's it always creeps me out you know of course but like that role was turned down by some big stars henry fonda jimmy stewart marlon brando Hmm. and he took it of course he turned down roles like he he felt like an idiot but like he was supposed to be michael corleone in the godfather and he turned it down he turned it down Mm -hmm. and did and did deliverance wow and Um, they asked him what what why he did that and he said because i'm stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, wasn't he in the the final couple of folks 
uh, up for the role of Han Solo as well. Oh, I believe that. That makes a lot of sense. You know, just that, time that period, era. He yeah, was the biggest. Period. Like I said, he was mm-hmm. the biggest box office draw at the time. So yeah, I totally believe that. Um, it, I, I I have to do some justice here to my wife because immediately when we heard this news the other day, the the one thing we we did think about was the uh, old SNL celebrity Jeopardy clips. Yeah, when, when Turd, Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. Turd <laughs> Ferguson. One, one of my favorites. Even though it wasn't really him, right. it was just might as well. Be. Yeah, I was associate yeah. associate him with with that now. Oh yeah. And finally, back again, Burt Reynolds in a commanding lead with fourteen dollars. Hey, hey, uh, check out the podium. Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. Yeah, that's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. Great. Let's take a look at the See, final It's a big hat. Yeah. It's funny because it's a big hat. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, I mean, he's never one of my favorites, but he's an iconic film star. Yeah. I, I, known for his, you know, laugh and, and, being like the fun guy in those movies, and you know, I'm like I'm. Not, I was just curious if either of you guys are like big Smokey and the Bandit fans, I, or you know, I have known people that that are, but I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. the first couple each once, and uh, you know, that's yeah, I'm, yeah. Would, it's it. They're the kind of movies that, like, if I'm doing something else late at night, if I'm you know playing around on the computer or doing whatever, right. and I you run across it on cable, it's great background noise because you yeah. don't really have to pay attention. Both the Smokey and the Bandit movies and the Cannonball Run movies, they're filler almost. Right. Um, you now, know, see, I, I totally disagree. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to Cannonball Run, I'm going to sit down and watch Cannonball Run. See, I can't. Even, I don't know what's the Smokey and the Bandit. I I guess, what's the difference? I, they feel like the same thing. <laughs> Dom DeLuise. Yeah. Pretty much. Or, or Buford T. Justice. You know, which, which, yeah, yeah, and I'm not the biggest Jackie Gleason fan. Yeah. I mean, like, I know there's a huge cult following behind those movies, but it, it was never that anything to me. Cannonball Run, um, on the other hand, was a big, like, I found that. All of those movies, hilarious. Which one's the kid. one? Is that the one they're getting beer? Or which one's the one they're getting beer? Getting so, that's 400 Smokey cases and the Bandit of, okay, yeah. 2, I think. <laughs> okay, 2, <Good> man. <laughs> you think. Uh, it sounds to me like... Jerry you know, Reed's more, driving yeah. a truck, and he's yeah. singing Eastbound and Down. And, oh, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. 2. Yeah, Cannonball... Those were, The Cannonball race was a race across the country for oh, yeah. a prize. Right. And it was always like a uh, team of two. Yeah, I always wanted to do that. Those are real things you can still yeah. do. I would do that. Yeah, I want to ride around with Burt Reynolds no, and Dom DeLuise. Or, I don't want to do that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. But yeah, I mean. Sally Field. And, now yeah. I would ride with Sally Fields. Oh, you're crazy. I want to ride around with the <laughs> Terry Bradshaw. And... <laughs> No, I, I really do like those movies. And Good, I still yes. watch yeah, That okay. may be my pick. Okay. Cannonball Run I'm 2. Cannonball Run 2 specifically. Okay. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. God, I don't know how many backers you're going to get on that <laughs> specific it, it, pick. Is 2 the one with Jamie Uh-oh. Farr? 
as the 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 Arabian sheik yes, in, in yes. some horribly yes, they, miscast. Of course, he's going to say yes because he wants to drag you into this mess. <laughs> you want a girl? You can have one of my girls. I couldn't take one of your girls. Oh, you can. All right, maybe just one to clear up my complexion. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all he needed. Was if that's the one with Jamie Farr? <laughs> no, no, it, it's got uh, the one with. Um, Oh, they've got uh, shoot, Sammy Davis Jr. and um, uh, uh, Dean Martin. Dean Martin, yeah, yeah. They got the uh, the Rat Pack in these movies. Yes, they do. <laughs> I think yeah, he had Frank, a mortgage to pay, so right. <laughs> and Frank Sinatra does make an uh, make an appearance in one of them. I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna look it up. Well, I'm gonna plead my case here shortly. The uh, my pick just because. I I don't you know care so much about Burt Reynolds, but when it comes to my favorite movies, I don't want to mess with. And I I Boogie Nights is in you know probably the top half of my top one hundred movies of all time. I just love that movie, and he's he's great in it. And he never got it. He never understood <laughs> that it was good. He didn't want to promote it. Mm-hmm. He was embarrassed, like won an award for it. He. Yeah, he played Jack Horner. It's you know set in the porn industry in the late seventies, early eighties, right. and you know he was the director. Anyone that doesn't know that movie, um, look it up. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson um, starred Marky Mark, which I'll forever call him, and uh, John it, C. Riley. John C. It just mm-hmm. got it's an amazing cast. It does know? have amazing Julianne Moore, Heather Graham, Graham you know yeah. all, all of them. William H Macy, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Anyway, and Burt Reynolds does as good a job as anybody in there. He's just, uh, as a porn director who uh, wants you to stay after, I'll throw the air quotes, because you want to know how the story ends. And, you know, he, he's, he, wants, he doesn't want to use tape. He wants to use film. And, that, you know, I mean, he's just, and he just gives a fantastic performance, what he's given. And, and yeah. I, 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 I love We get that. Marky Mark singing, You Got the Touch. <laughs> That's right. Just a rock. This is the best work we've ever done. I mean, it's a real film, Jack. It feels good. You made it fly. You know, this is a film I want them to remember me by. But he he turned it down. He turned the roll down seven times. He said before he finally did it. He never he, he said claimed years later he never watched it. But but he also you know I heard about him going to the premiere and told he told Marky Mark he said let's pretend we like this and and Wahlberg was like no you don't understand it's a good movie <laughs> he, he just didn't get it he thought it was dirty he thought it was going to make him look, give him a worse reputation than he already had yeah and. He just and he, if he pro, if he would have promoted it more, he might have won the Oscar. Yeah, mm-hmm. this movie definitely has a a huge following behind it. I I mean I like it. It's fine. It's not one I've like. It's it's never at the top of my head, but I, I recognize how good it is. Yeah, yeah, as a whole. Yeah, I I, I love it. Yeah, I, I think part of the reason why he kind of pulled away from the Boogie Nights thing is because the year before he had done striptease and 
you know, he in, in striptease, he's sort of the slimy, yeah. lecherous. What was he, a senator or a representative yeah. mm-hmm. or something? Yeah. And you know, I, I don't think he came out of that movie looking as good and as as important of a character as important of an actor as he did when he finished Boogie Nights. I don't think Boogie Nights is nearly the hit that it was without Burt Reynolds. I mean, he, because everybody went, wait, Burt Reynolds, really? Um, and then you got there and you're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, he's actually, you know, bringing the heat to this movie. He's he's really good in it for the character that he's playing. Yeah, so. I think he just didn't know the, he doesn't know the difference between those two movies. Yeah. Like, like it, there was so much more talent you know, Paul Thomas Anderson brought to that in the writing and directing. It's just a different, a totally different class of movie. And to him, those role, roles, like you said, just both seem slimy. You know, and he's like, yeah, oh, well, that yeah. didn't work, so this won't work. And it, you yeah, know, so yeah, it was. It wasn't a role you thought Burt Reynolds at all, and and yeah. he did make it work. I mean, well, there's no doubt about that. It's great. So what I'm trying to tell you, Eddie, is that it takes a lot of a good old American green stuff to make one of these things, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, you've got your camera, you've got your film, you've got your lights, you got your sound, you got your lab cause, you got your developing, you got your syncing, you got your editing. Before you turn around, you spent maybe twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars on a movie. That's a lot of money. But your ass it is. But if you make a good one, there's practically no end to how much money. Have you seen Jack's house? No. He will. He'll see it. You got maybe 15, 20 guys standing around just making sure that your lighting is right. But you can work out in the morning, you can work out at noon, you can work out at night. Doesn't matter. If you don't have those juices flowing down there in the Mr. Torpedo area in the fun zone. Now, you were talking about that cast. I want to read off the cast of Cannonball Round 2 real quick. Okay. <laughs> I, I would expect this is, that This is good. Okay, so Burt Reynolds, of course, is the star of this movie. He wasn't necessarily the star. I mean, Marky Mark was the star of, of, of Boogie Nights. But he was the star of this. Just let me read names. Burt Reynolds. Dom DeLuise. What a team. Dean Martin. Sammy Davis Jr. Jamie Farr. Mary Lou Henner. Kelly Savalas and Shirley MacLaine. Susan Anton, Catherine Bach, Buster Brooks, Sid Caesar, Jackie Chan, Tim Conway, Tony Danza, Jack Elam, Richard Keel, Con Knotts, Ricardo Montalban. Jim Neighbors, Charles Nelson Riley, nine million dollars. Joe Theismann, Mel Tillis, weird. Abe Bigoda, Frank Sinatra, Catherine Bach, Daisy Duke herself in the Lambo, tight jumpsuit. Come on, <laughs> what have we become? <laughs> All right, we didn't. We didn't give enough. If I can, we, if I can, pro- we gotta give a moment to Deliverance. You know, just because, sure. because yeah, it, it's, it's it's a classic movie, and I, I I thought over the last you know day was thinking about this because I thought we might do it, and uh, I I ended up moving away from this movie just because he doesn't have 
an enormously great role in it. He, you know, he plays Lewis. He's the the ultimate outdoorsman, basically, <laughs> and he he just you know ends up in such a totally different position in that movie. And I don't know. It's just not, and I it, you know he didn't do a lot with it, and, mm-hmm. and he's not as big a part of the movie as the poster. You know, yeah. he's the guy on the poster, but. Um, yeah. It's a classic movie that I I hate to see messed with either, but sure. Know. I mean that movie was what, what year was that? Seventy two. Okay. Seventy two. Yeah, I think same year yeah. as The Godfather. Same year as The Godfather. Yeah. All right, so I will make my case with the full knowledge that that I will be alone in this. Okay. Unless this is also Jordan's pick, which which it very it's well possible. might be. Let's hear. It. Um. So I, if I could assemble a cast that sounds like this, Burt Reynolds. Mary Lou Henner, Aussie Davis, Charles Durning, Michael Jeter, Hal Holbrook. Uh, give me that cast. I almost don't care what they do. What is, I am. I, I, I am, go through. I am, I'm like, okay, yeah. Gator, Hooper. <laughs> nope, nope. 1990. We met Coach Wood Newton in a little town in Arkansas called mm. Evening Shade. I, this was one of the staples of the. I think it was the CBS Monday Night oh lineup. My gosh, he I won an Emmy. Forgot about this. He, he, he won, won an, an Emmy. Emmy. He was he was a, a retired football player who had moved like back to his hometown, small town Arkansas, to become the high school football coach. And everyone else in town was insane. You know, Mary Lou Henner was his wife, and and she tried to keep him grounded, but her parents were there, and they were all crazy. Uh, you know, Charles Durning would show up and just be Charles Durning, which for me is enough because I love Charles Durning. Um, but other than Wood Newton, Burt Reynolds trying to keep, you know, his the whole place from falling apart, that was really most of America's introduction to an actor named Michael Jeter. Uh, Michael Jeter was Herman Stiles and... Everything Herman Styles said was knockdown, down, drag out funny. Michael Jeter went on to uh, star oh, in yeah. uh, Fisher King, uh, Green Mile, a number of other things. We lost him way too early. Um, and I, it, it, Evening Shade only ran, I think, four seasons. Um, but there were just some fantastic moments in that show. And that, for me, I loved Burt Reynolds in that show. He He... He was the glue that kept that show together, and so I, I, I will probably end up voting for something else. But I got to stick a stake in the ground for evening. <laughs> yeah, show. I can't believe I didn't mention that though, because I remember watching that and enjoying them. If you, I, I was I, I probably saw every sitcom there was in the you know mm-hmm. that's all we watched seventies, eighties, nineties, and. And you can expect a podcast at some point. We're totally going to do the heck out of oh, sitcoms, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that, I remember enjoying the Evening Shade. And, you know, I can picture the outside of the house and stuff. And I, I just, you know, I, I, it's funny. I forgot all about Michael Jeter, and, and you're totally right. He was great on that, and I didn't know. I mean, I guess I should have known he was. He had died. When, how long has he been gone? Um. Jeter passed 2003. Yeah, I didn't even... You know, one of those things I just totally forgot about him, but he was great in Green Mile and all yeah. that, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Evening Shade was great. Yep. So, 
What do you think, Cliff? You got anything else to say about Cannonball Run? Tell us. To, tell well, us. I, I really just wanted to get out there about Cannonball Run. That everybody should go watch that. That's actually not going to be my pick, but oh my God. I do love it. Okay, but there is one one movie I watched from this era of Burt Reynolds that is going to be my pick. Um. 1983 Stroker Ace. Stroker Ace. I forgot all about that. Yep, I I remember seeing that. So this was a NASCAR movie before NASCAR was, you know, at its prime, um, where he he plays this, you know, cocky driver, and Jim Neighbors, Lonnie Anderson, Ned Beatty again, um, and Bubba Smith, and then there were like a whole bunch of NASCAR drivers in it, Dale Earnhardt, Richard Petty from the time, Neil Bonnet, Kyle Petty. Kel Yar Yarborough, people like that. Um, if you're familiar with that, ever since Boker, Stroker Ace hated only one thing: second place. Now he's the best there is. Look, lean out a little bit further, we I'm gonna make a turn. And if you don't know why, just ask him. It's part of the wonderfulness of me. <laughs> He's a sporting man. You either crash or win. <laughs> and I like that. A ladies' man. I think it's important that you be here for this. I'll just do that and just put that right off of there. And you'll be able to... A man's man. Why don't you drive a Clyde Torkel chicken pit special? And the fastest chicken in the South. <laughs> Um, but this was a this was a movie we watched a lot. Um, it was seemed to be on television a lot when I was a kid. And then um, it's just about this you know jerk of a of a driver who gets into a uh, a sponsorship with a uh, Clyde Torkel. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he he has to drive for the chicken pit. He's the fastest chicken. What was it? The fastest chicken in the South, and uh, it's just a comedy movie. Just one of those nostalgia trips for me that I I yeah. do love, along with Cannonball Run. But Roger Ebert called it a lightweight, bubble-headed <laughs> summer movie. <laughs> <laughs> but if I think Burt Reynolds, those are the two roles that I associate with him. So I'm going to go with Stroker Ace. <laughs> oh. Fastest chicken in the West. Fastest <laughs> chicken in the South. Oh, it's like, okay. Yeah. You say so. Um. Okay. Well, wait. wait. My vote is for Boogie Nights, of course. Okay. Jack Horner. We yeah, I, I think realistically, um, I would have to go with Boogie Nights as well. Just that. I I, I love Burt Reynolds in that movie. The movie itself is is one of the best movies I've seen. Um, and you know, going with Seth's logic, you, you'd hate to mess that up. Yes, that's in our Seth logic is the best logic. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep feeding it to him. That's great. I Just know. Keep feeding hey, I'm trying to get invited back, so yeah. you know, anything I can do. It. Like, he he once once I threw out there about this sitcom show. He's yeah. like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I want to do that. I might want to be involved in that. Um, what was Jordan's vote? Um, Jordan's is irrelevant. I think two to one here. <laughs> It's not Stroker Ace. Oh come on! I was oh. I was waiting. I was hoping I was going to pull it out there. Unless he also picked Evening Shade, and I just <laughs> yeah, screwed myself was, out of having great. that pick. We, you'll never know. No, <laughs> Jordan also picked Boogie Nights. Okay, I figured he would. So yeah, in the annals of Kapow history, Jack 
corner of Boogie Nights is the only thing that Burt Reynolds ever did, thank God. He'll always be Turd Ferguson to me. <laughs> My name is Jack. Eddie. Eddie Adams. Eddie Adams from Torrance. Yep. Jack Horner, filmmaker. Really? Yeah. I make uh, adult films, exotic pictures. I know who you are. I read about you in a magazine. Inside Amber, Amanda's ride. You made those, right? Right. Those are great. So now you know I'm not full of doggy doo doo. <laughs> yeah. Want to come back to the table and, uh, you know, have a drink? Uh, I'd love to, but I gotta work. You have to work, get money, you know, pay the rent. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I, I need money, but I don't pay rent. I still live at home. How old are you, Eddie? 17. 17 year old piece of gold. Why don't you come back to the table? I, people I mean, I do know you. I know who you are. I mean, I'd love to come back to your table for a drink. And obviously, you're not full of um, dog. Yeah, but I just couldn't walk out on Maurice. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I got a feeling, but those jeans are so wonderful. Just waiting to get out. <laughs> we did it, guys. Yeah, we did. That was okay. interesting. I didn't. I wasn't prepared for that, but. I'm pretty that's happy good. I remembered Stroke Race. Yeah, that's good. I had forgot. I did see that. <laughs> uh, we are going to get into some streaming before we get out of here. So let's do it. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Islands in the streams. That is what we are. Cross the streams. Okay. Wow, Lots good. of streaming out there this week. Yes. I've been watching all kinds of stuff. Um, and I know you guys have some stuff to talk about. So I'll, let me tell you some of the stuff I've been watching. Uh, I watched Castle Rock, um, the mm-hmm. Stephen King-based Hulu show, which had its moments. Let me tell you, it, it's if you're a Stephen King fan, it's absolutely worth watching. Yes. So you're back with Hulu? Yes, I am. Okay. But I, Update. I yes, I had canceled Hulu when they dropped their Lock and Key series. Right. I was like, well, I'm not really watching anything else on there. I knew I'd get it back if they ever uh, found something else for me to watch, which they did. I had heard some good stuff about Castle Rock, so I started watching it. Um, I think it was like episode seven was particularly great. It's the standout episode of the season with Sissy Spacek. Just does it. Yeah. It's it's a really uh, people won't forget that episode. It's kind of a bottle episode, and um, I so that especially I enjoyed the series overall. You know, I want to. I don't want to say I, that I didn't like it. I did. I did enjoy it. It just. It's so Stephen King. I love Stephen King. You know, but sometimes it can get. It cannot end well. Some of his books and movies don't always have the best endings. And I, I don't know that I loved the way this ended, but they're always trying to set up another season, and I, I get it. Uh, so, you know, Justin, if you ever watch it sometime, maybe we'll talk about it in the future. I, I think we need to do just a Stephen King episode sometime in the future and get all yeah, this stuff I, I think, out there. I think my plan, uh, once we get back from vacation coming up here, is is I'm going to pick up Hulu for, like, October and November. That's the way to do uh, it. Because watch I've still never seen eleven twenty two sixty three. Eleven twenty, yeah. yeah, that one the, with the numbers. Yes. Um, you know, and the Castle Rock stuff. That, that, so that that's on my list. I just I haven't had time 
recently because I've been watching some other stuff. Right. So. Yeah, well, I get it. But yeah, it, it's worth watching. Um, I also watched the Jack Ryan series. Oh, with Jim. With, with yep. Jim Halpert as. Jim Halpert saves the world. Yes. Either of you see any of that? <laughs> no. I... Uh, yeah, I got through the first three episodes. I, I, I had some reservations. I, I'm, I, I will admit I've never read any of the Tom Clancy books. Yeah, I've either. seen, I'm sure I've seen all the movies at some point, just kind of yes. picking them up here or there. So I, I didn't really have any foreknowledge of anything coming in. Um, but I gotta say, I liked it. Uh, I'm through the first three episodes or so. I like John Krasinski. He's got a very, he's very approachable. Um, you know, because the, the conceit here is, you know, here's a guy who's he's an analyst. He's not a field agent, and all of a sudden he is a field agent. And mm. and you know, is he ready for it? Is he is he equipped for all that sort of thing? And and John Krasinski has that sort of quality about him that he always sort of looks befuddled like he's really good at that so when things kind of go sideways and things are going wrong like he doesn't quite look at the camera like he used to do in the office but you can yeah. tell he wants to just oh, a little yeah, bit yeah. um but uh, yeah uh, uh wendell pierce uh he's in it uh, he's the boss um i, I thought he was brilliant at, at first couple of episodes he's just a jerk yeah. uh to sorry i keep wanting to say jim uh to, right. to to jack um, but you kind of you kind of grow to understand why. So I'm I'm and I'm that's pretty an actual uh, that's a Jack Ryan character, whatever character he was playing. Um, yeah, I thought he did a great job. I thought I I did think it started out better than where it got. Um, I finished it. I enjoy I enjoyed the fact that it was only eight episodes. Uh, it didn't feel the need to go ten or thirteen episodes like some of these other series. So it's easy to finish um mm-hmm. i i will say, I, I like you know i really like jim but uh he just got angrier and angrier as the show went on he was just like it was unrealistically angry he was the it was like you're the only person upset no one no one else in the show <laughs> is as can, is as upset he's just yeah. mad he's just yeah. mad to be mad and I, and i it was a little over the top for me but I heard a little bit of feedback just online and stuff, and people seemed to, in general, really be okay with it. Like, yeah. as a yeah, it was it was just fine. It wasn't yeah. bad, or we would have heard about it. It was right, totally fine. The, my biggest complaint is that the villain was not Michael Scarn. Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> it's hard to top threat, threat level midnight. <laughs> That's what I wanted, Jack Ryan. Threat level like, midnight. Yeah, midnight. the ending is he, he he turns and he's got that gold face on. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I stuck through it to the end, but no, alas, that spoiler it doesn't happen. Um, I watched. I don't know if you either of you guys watched the first season, or is that, I watched the second season of Ozark on Netflix. I, I, I haven't watched any of season two. Yeah, I'm, you I, saw the first season now. I, I not the whole thing. Okay. I watched part of it. My wife had watched all of season one, really liked it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of anticipating her starting to watch it. And then I figured, well, I'll do the same thing. As she watches it, I'll try and hop right. on there. But I haven't gotten there yet. It's basically like, you know, it's a poor man's Breaking Bad. You know, what basically, if you can, took Breaking Bad even further. And mm-hmm. I like Jason Bateman. And yeah. The, the whole cast is good. And I, I enjoy the first season more than the second. The second season's 10-hour-long episodes. I mean, it every episode is a full hour. 
So it's a commitment to watch, yeah. but it's good and it's entertaining the whole time and it much very easy to finish. But uh, well, I've talked before, Jordan and I've talked about the beginning where they always after the cold open, then they'll show the logo and have like three little drawings that you usually can't even make out what all four of them are, and it, it's like oh, there's a boat on fire or yeah. there's a car wrecked or something you know at some point in the episode this is going to happen and you're like watching for it or you might not even pay it one episode you don't even notice the drawings and aren't looking for it but they mess with you're like oh okay well there's a car wreck well everybody's driving (laughs) and everybody's driving around there's all all this but uh yeah anyway i like that. that but that but the biggest thing about about this show is they made a conscious decision to it's about strong women like the the women in this cast kind of take over the show and it to it's you know better i mean it, it is they all do a fantastic job laura lenny uh, you know is the main it plays his wife and it and i always like her and everything she's i in. can't think of the girl's name she plays ruth on the show but she's uh like his deputy you know she basically runs the strip club for him and stuff and she was on the americans which is a fantastic show but she she does a great job it's it's just it's it it held up. I was glad, you know. I don't know if they pulled off duplicating the first season success, but I'm sure everybody who watched the first season will finish the second season. So, first thing I thought of this is this is uh, for strong women. This is the Moana uh, for the older <laughs> oh, crowd <geez>. here. <laughs> so, so you guys' nieces can watch this when they get older. Wow. <laughs> Jordan mentioned a couple weeks ago he he had watched um, that Magic for Humans on Netflix. I watched it also. I was going to okay. talk about it. So All right. Well, I only watched the first maybe twenty minutes of, of episode one. <laughs> that was about all I can handle. Have you seen this, Justin? No, no, I'm not familiar with this at all. Okay, the guy's name's Justin Willman, and he does. You know, he's kind of funny. I feel like I've seen him before. Mm-hmm. on something but he was he's a magician and he does street magic but it's not like david blaine it's it's right. not like i'm gonna stick this fork in my arm it's uh <laughs> yeah. it's, it's more like i'm gonna he he does just uh illusions and it's things. it's more clever than yeah okay know. um like he'll have he he one of the or i, I think it's probably in the first episode where he, he was like oh you know those guys uh ultralight backpackers who say they've got everything in a backpack a go bag or whatever if anything they need and he's walking around asking people what they would need if they had to go you know what they'd put in their backpack and anything they asked for basically he would pull out of his backpack and to ridiculous measures of course you know a coffee maker and co- hot coffee pours them a cup you know <laughs> you know he just like it's and you don't i don't know how he's doing this stuff but the the detriment to this show is the fact that it is a show and it the way it's edited it has the same effect that david copperfield had when i was younger i did not care about him making the statue of liberty disappear i didn't know why anybody did because (laughs) it could totally just be faked it's on tv all they have to do is show a different angle and that is the feel you get from the show you see you know you don't feel like the people are in on it right because right. they all they don't seem like actors they all give genuine responses they're surprised when he pulls his wife out of his backpack you know i mean it's it's just <laughs> it's you're watching it but you know there's some sort of obviously it's a trick i get right. that but and i've listened to a podcast of a magician talking about it and he acts like he's really doing these tricks but it's not 
you know, the way it's filmed, he's not going to get credit for it. It, yeah. it looks like it's TV magic. Well, he was doing the one with the, the balloons and the cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, mm. the best one, the one that has become the meme, the, the, that's all across the internet right now is he makes this guy think that he's invisible. He convinces a guy that he is invisible, and and it's fantastic. And now people are, and he shows you how he does it. This is the one time that this doesn't help him any either. Yeah. First off, for for trying to not prove that the audience is in on it, because he literally takes an audience and lets them in on the joke, all to convince this guy that he's invisible. Yeah. So. People are doing that. I keep seeing memes that people like scaring the hell out of their kids. You know, these kids will just start screaming and crying because they think they've turned invisible. And, and I wonder awesome. if we could do that at the White House. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but well, if you if you see the preview for the show, it's it's that there was a apparently there was a test. I always heard of it with donuts, but apparently there's a test with marshmallows. Like you set a kid in a room, yeah. kid in mm-hmm. a room, and you put a marshmallow on a plate in front of them, and if it, tell them you, if they don't eat it, they can have two marshmallows when you get back. And and he does that to these kids. And he said, and right before he, right before he leaves the room, he says, "There's a cup there. If you just can't stand looking at that marshmallow, put the cup over it." Yeah, which and, they all do. Yeah, they all like sit there for a while and they can't stand looking at it. It's too tempting, so they put the cup over it, and then they got to see the marshmallow again. When they pick the cup up, the marshmallow is gone. And it, and it, you know who knows how he does it or what's happening, but it it the best thing you know is he walks back in the room and the, the kid is like. <laughs> Screaming, crying because he knows that they're gonna think he ate this damn marshmallow. It's like I didn't eat it; it's just gone. It's like I made a kid cry. That if it's psychological warfare on children, I may have to pick this yeah. up and watch it. Oh so. yeah, it's definitely worth watching. As you say in the background, that's why I, I burnt through it. Like when it it came on Netflix, mm-hmm. I watched it and didn't. I just watched all six episodes or whatever mm-hmm. right in a row because I love that kind of stuff anyway. So it's definitely worth watching that. It was crazy, but the something I just watched an episode of today, right before you got here, Cliff, because it just hit Hulu today, was the first, and it's a series. Um, I think Bo Willimon, who did House of Cards, mm-hmm. um, might be producing it, but it's got Sean Penn, and it's about the. It's just set in the near future. I'd say like a decade from now. I don't know specifically what year it's set in, but technology has just moved slightly ahead it's just alexa on acid basically we're all you know everything's voice automated things but the whole thing is about sending people to mars you know who's going to be the first to mars and um but it's not really what i thought it was going to be probably to the better like it seems like a very it's not somber it's not about actually going to mars it's about the people involved in it and just the the world in general the universe and things like that and everyone's problems that in the cast and stuff it, it's i was really impressed by the first episode and i'm excited to watch the rest of it it seems but it's i mean the music is great but it's it's not a, a feel-good show by any stretch but I, i'm looking forward to seeing the rest of that series what have you guys been watching on streaming um, last thing I watched, and I'm not 100% sure how old this is, um, but they did a documentary, um, obviously with the success of Glow uh, on Netflix. Uh, you know, a lot of folks are trying to 
to cash in on that. So they did a documentary where they actually assembled the original actors and actresses who who were you know who were the the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and they did a whole uh, documentary with them and, and sort of where are they now and you know how accurate is the series and how did Glow come together originally and 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 what you really find out is it's pretty much just as crazy in real life as it is on the Netflix show. Huh. Um, you know, obviously they, they, you know, they tweaked the, the Mark Marin character a little bit to make that guy sound more like Mark Marin. But for the most part, I, it, it, it was all sort of accidental. Yeah. Um, you know, like the right guy saw them the right night and all of a sudden they're in Vegas and then all of a sudden they're in syndication and, you know, then all of a sudden they're everywhere. So it, it's been really really entertaining i'm about uh, three-fourths of the way through it i keep you know grabbing 15 <laughs> 20 minute chunks of it um yeah it came yeah, out that was really um good. it came out right about with season one of glow because i remember mm-hmm. watching it and it, it was a good documentary um they yeah. followed you know mostly the the key characters from the show and and the ladies and they had you know talking head interviews with with all yeah. of them and um and, and it, it's kind of touching they they kind of focus on on the one lady that played um uh mount fiji i think yeah and of course she has a character based in the in the new show um but they kind of focused on where she is now and and how important that role was for her and and her mm-hmm. life and and they and they have a big reunion at the end and they all get back together but but yeah you're right i mean they actually lived in in Vegas at like a crummy hotel and, and they had all these rules they had to follow, you know, what they were allowed to do and how late they were allowed to stay out. And and if you could imagine in Las Vegas in the eighties, like (laughs) it's just crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I I watched glow when it was on TV in the eighties. I mean, it, Mm -hmm. it made it on. I I, I don't know whether WTAP had it on at like two o'clock in the morning on on Friday night. Yeah. I remember it was on real late at night and it, it was like, there was a, was like episode eight or something of, of season two, the one that everybody hated where they just did a glow episode with all the little skits and everything. Those like, I remember seeing stuff like that. It, it it was goofy. It was it was like SNL on acid. It made no sense. It was completely over the top. But I, it brought back a lot of memories, and that was one of my favorite episodes of the season. I understand that a whole lot of like the internet hated it, which is <laughs> that's what the internet is there for. But um, yeah, I, I really liked it. It really brought back some some f- fuzzy memories of of you know two o'clock in the morning, you know, yeah, hold up right. watching garbage television. <laughs> yeah, I was watching Blurry Skinamax at, at that hour. Some of my other streaming stuff. Um, I'm, this may just be for me, but I was really excited. I read that Netflix is picking up a 10-episode third season of Designated Survivor uh, with uh, mm. Kiefer Sutherland. He's the president and everyone else gets killed, and so he becomes the leftover president, and there's intrigue. Everyone gets shot. It's completely campy. I like the show. I, I think there's some really good performances in it. I think um, I watched AB- the first four or five episodes of the first season. Yeah, a- ABC kind of they kind of didn't know what to do with it, so they killed it off, and Netflix picked it back up. Um, Netflix also is picking back up the second season of End of the Bleeping World, uh, which is the the two nihilistic British kids who. 
um, mm, sort of yeah. go on a tear, and and the, you know, there's a murder, and um, I, it's it's really fantastic. The the kid in it, Alex Lawther, is if I ever need a British kid to stare off into space moodily, he's my go-to guy. He was uh, <laughs> uh, he was uh, imitation game. Uh, he yeah. was also in one of the Christopher Robin movies. He was the the, the when Christopher Robin grew up and joined the army. He oh, played. Yeah. Did, you, did you watch uh, yeah. Black Mirror? He's in an episode of that. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, there's a um, really crazy episode that he is in that is good. You, yeah, you should he's, check he's it out. fantastic. Uh, and I just saw the trailer on Amazon Prime uh, a couple of weeks from now. Third season of Man in the High Castle, the the Philip K. Dick, mm. uh, as is everything, it's based on a Philip K. Dick book, um, where the the U.S. lost World War II. Uh, so the entire East Coast and most of the Midwest is under the control of the Reich, and the whole West Coast is under the control of the Empire of Japan. Uh, and as always, there's a safe zone in the Rockies because there always is a safe right. zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, did, I did see. I think I saw the the trailer for this yeah. maybe mm-hmm. today. Yeah, I remember. I I remember watching like the first episode a couple years ago, and the, I just never watched any more of it. So many things to watch. Yeah, they, they've said that season... So the first season, you're just sort of establishing the world as it is. Um, and I, I, for a history geek like me, I was I was always been impressed with... They didn't slow down to make sure that everybody understood what was happening. They just sort of went ahead with it. Um, you know, the story is centered mostly in San Francisco. And as the West Coast is now under the control of the Japanese, Eastern customs have begun filtering their way into you know quote-unquote american life uh and there's just some really subtle things that are really fun to pick out um at the end of season two we sort of started exploring the alternate universes um the, the conceit is yes we lost the war but somehow there are these newsreels that people keep finding of <clears throat> the fall of the Reich and, and sort of history as we know it in our timeline or in our particular area of the multiverse. And one of the characters figures out a way to sort of move back and forth uh, between these parallel dimensions. And the, the showrunners have said that they think that season three is going to focus a little bit more on that sort of supernatural aspect of things and, and a little bit more jumping between worlds. Um, it, it's done really well, so I'm really looking forward to season three. So I think that's hmm. uh, comes out uh, early October, I think. Hmm. So and the trailer's fantastic if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. I watched uh, Netflix. I watched the first episode of Paradise PD, um, which is a new animated show, very Brickleberry um, from Comedy Central. <laughs> it was like, what kind of ab- <laughs> yeah. adjective is that? It is so Brickleberry. It is so Brickleberry. <laughs> Um, it's very vulgar and the humor isn't awful. Um, for me, it took, I don't normally watch a lot of that stuff, but it it was fine. The first episode, um, I'm sure it'll have, it'll find an audience on Netflix. And then I, uh, I also watched season two of iron fist. I just finished and, um, happy to say it's better than season one. Okay. Um, it's no Luke Luke Cage and, but, but I liked it, um, for the most part, it's very heavy on Danny Rand and his relationship with Colleen wing. 
Um, it's got a good dose of Misty Knight, mm-hmm. who, if they ever decide to not do any more Iron Fist uh, seasons, they should definitely do a Misty Knight because she is awesome. And then um, the villain, it, it's got uh, Alice Eve. She is Typhoid Mary, um, who was traditionally a Daredevil villain, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Um, and uh, it's fine. It's, it's good enough. It's good enough. Um, the big thing I determined is it's better than season one. And Finn Jones as Danny Rand is much better as a supporting character than he is the central character. Like that episode he did with, um, on Luke Cage season two. I love that episode. I love Danny Rand in that episode. He, they play off each other so well. But just to be him, it, it, it you find you're paying more attention to everybody else in the show right. than you are Finn Jones. So, yeah, I might catch up with some of those sometime. I don't know. I th- I thought season two was more. I heard two was better. Yeah, it's better. It's more iron fisty. <laughs> like season one, I don't. This episode will be called Fisty Brickleberry. <laughs> um, season one was it was just so out there, and I had trouble following all the characters and who was against who and who was friends and buddies, and I, it didn't do much for me. Season two is much simpler and better. Cool. Last thing I would I had for streaming was, are you guys? I mean, like we were saying before, I grew I grew up on all these sitcoms, as I'm sure you guys did too. Um, what about game shows? Did you watch a lot of game shows or any, you know? I, I just yeah. I remember watching like all of that stuff, you know, just everything. Yeah, I mean, no I don't... whammies. <laughs> yeah, everything. But yeah. anyway, there's a documentary on Hulu for called. Perfect bid colon the contestant that knew too much, and it's a Price Is Right documentary mm-hmm. that's really good. Uh, it's got you know some interviews with Bob Barker and uh, a little bit of Drew Carey towards the end, but it's about this contestant named Theodore from in the eighties. You know he was just you know obsessed with Price Is Right. He created a computer program he made, which you know he had entered the prices. He just realized that they were just using the same products over and over mm-hmm. you know granted there was still hundreds and hundreds of products and prices but he would play this computer program and in a certain amount you know in just a couple hours he could see every product every price and he just would have everything memorized and he eventually went you know to some tapings i think all in all you know maybe 30 tapings and stuff and he tried to get on but he would like set in the audience and yell be you know you know they they oh, always, yeah, I remember, they always yeah. turn around to the audience yeah. for suggestions, and he's like yelling the exact price, <laughs> and got he got some people to win, you know, a bunch uh-huh. of stuff, and they never cut on. Well, yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Bob talked to him. You oh, know, okay. he would talk, call him out and stuff. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it because it's really good, but you should check it out if you're any fan of the all those game shows, daytime game shows, and yeah. you know. It, this is really good to just see some of the inner workings and you know they there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff and him talking about it and just the way he does just 
just a nice guy and just how his journey with the price is right. You know, I loved watching all this stuff. You know, freaking, of course, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are still around, but there was, there was a time oh, yeah, when they, they were, were uh, when they were just constant game shows on, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I would like to count down some game shows sometimes. <laughs> yeah. There's also a story about a guy who taped just hundreds of hours of press your luck and literally memorized the pattern, the pattern of the yeah. whammies. Yeah, and I don't know how he did it, but he went on the show and just having memorized the pattern, he he would never hit a whammy ever. It just racked up, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in valuable cash and prizes. So I think they eventually caught on and yelled at the guy, but I don't remember <laughs> the whole story about that. They didn't make a documentary about him yet. So uh, that's, that's coming. Cool. Yeah. So you guys had some streaming news that you were going to talk about. Yeah, so as of now, uh, DC has launched their new streaming service. People are signed up and and taking advantage of it. Um, I haven't heard a lot other than it looks really cool. Um, They don't have any of the original programming out. We saw, I've seen screenshots, a lot of stuff from Titans. Um, This week, this past week, they released the first screenshot of the dick grayson character dressed as robin meeting the new uh jason todd robin um together which that's i can go for that um i had a lot of doubts about this show going into it um from from that trailer we saw that everybody poo-pooed but um i thought well that's interesting and uh something we haven't seen on television before so there is that um I, I'm hearing good things about the amount of digital comics they've made available. Um, it's not everything we knew it wouldn't be, but some there is a wide variety of from um, you know golden age stuff to modern age stuff, New Fifty Two, um, all that good DC stuff, and and some runs. Um, I've heard some mixed things about you know well some runs they might have 30 half the issues out on available with the subscription might be 30 issues other things it might be one um so i I don't know if that's you know just there's one now and they're going to release more as it goes or it's a big ploy to you know here's a here's a free issue or an issue with your subscription now go out to your comic book store and and get the rest I don't know, but um, they've got a uh, got from what you know. Some of the older shows are up and running now. Not a lot of content yet, but but you know, overall as a first go around this week, I, I've heard a lot of positive stuff. Do we know? Are they also pulling in some of those uh, some of the content from the DC television shows? Uh, sort of, oh, I'm thinking uh, uh, Supergirl, Arrow, that sort of thing, or are they focusing more on the on the animated stuff right now well they do have some animated movies out with it um not a lot not everything yet um i do know things like the flash series and the old superboy series from i think the late 80s um that is out which a lot of people haven't seen it's available now so i i think you know it it's more important that it's up and running right now and and they are providing something before they hit 
um, get into the Titans and and Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing and all all that stuff. I know they've they've made some big casting announcements. We had our first uh, still picture of Robot Man from from Doom Patrol. So, and he looked pretty comic accurate. Um, I was a bit surprised. I didn't think it would. I thought it was going to be cheesy and you know they DC all over it. But but it, yeah. you know, so far so good. I guess. I just want to make sure our listeners who who have picked up the the second half of the top ten animated have the ability to go out and, and pick up you know Mask of the Phantasm if if they want to be a completist uh, yes. you know and, and make sure they see all of the movies that were on our I list. I watched that right after we yeah what we what did, that what did you think about that I fell asleep you fell asleep <laughs> wow you didn't get to see the ending to it no I did I did I, I mean I just slept on and off through it it was oh, good yeah but I was just tired but. Yeah. I don't want that to be a reflection on it. I did enjoy it. I said, Nick, get out of here. We're going to watch something. Jordan really sold it to me. <laughs> but, yeah, we, well, we enjoyed it. I automatically assume that's what happens when we release a Everybody top 10 runs episode. Goes, Everybody takes notes, and, and they're like, oh, anything they haven't heard of before they rush out and right and, and what is this lion king they're talking about <laughs> all of a sudden secret of nim is trending oh, i mean yeah. we really are right yeah. there at the forefront why is everybody buying frisbees <laughs> <sighs> so yeah so dc's out um we've got uh disney coming soon we have a we think we have a name uh for that service yeah, they they announced and and so again somehow uh, Cliff and I have steered this podcast back to the world of Disney, which well, we you do. know nobody no one should be surprised. Um, Disney has announced uh, Disney Play. I, no one's really sure if that's the name that's going to stick forever, but it is a direct to consumer streaming uh, platform that is going to house a ton of the Disney family of content. So, so why not the vault? I, I don't know if they have keys to the vault. Um, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of people that, that, that you know, have, that, got, that have to approve something going or coming out of the vault. That just, um, seems, like, that just seems like the perfect name. Yeah. That would anyway. work, actually. I'm sure somebody is, is angling for that on the internet. Um, so I, so it sounds fairly straightforward. You know, Disney owns a lot of content, and they're going to put it out on their own thing, and they're going to charge you for it. But I, I was doing some reading on it today, and there are a lot of people who think Disney is the big hitter right now. Um, I read one statistic that for uh, theatrical releases in 2017, Disney-owned properties amounted to 21% of all ticket sales in America in 2017. And in 2018, it's over like, it's almost a third. It's like 32% yeah. of yeah. every movie ticket that have been sold in America this year is for a Disney property. So anything Disney does affects everybody else. Except for Seth. And, exactly. <laughs> I <want> uh, <laughs> Marvel's Disney. All exactly. that stuff. So it, it's it's it, Marvel. It's Lucasfilm. You, it's it's yeah, you absolutely Pixar. see that. Like you're saying, when any one of those, when Disney changes a date, if Star Wars changes a date, anything like that, I love to watch all the dates shuffle. <laughs> Everything yeah. that already had a date no longer yep. is on that date. The ripples go right yep. out. Um, so at some point in 2019, they're going to launch this service. And not only is it going to, potentially change the way that everybody else does things but 
in reading some of the research, this is a huge risk for Disney. It doesn't sound like it. Disney owns a ton of content and is acquiring more even as we speak with the acquisition of 20th Century Fox uh, and that whole film library and all of those sorts of things. But for every piece of content that they take off of Netflix, they lose a little bit of of that that licensing money. Yeah. And if the only way that you're going to be able to get this Disney content is through this new Disney service... The fewer people that sign up, the less money Disney made. I, I've seen estimates that the 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 loss of 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 revenue the first year from what they would expect to make could be as high as two billion dollars. That's a lot of money to make up at seven or eight bucks a month. Because Bob Iger has said on a couple of occasions that right now, even as much stuff as they own, yeah. Like they they can't pull the, the original Star Wars movies off because there's a licensing deal with Turner. I think TV yeah Turner yeah uh, and because that's why those original Star Wars movies are on TV all the time so they they can't just yoink them back and stick them on this Disney platform because somebody else has the rights for some period of time and so as they a can, stockholder exactly my share <laughs> is I very angry um, but so this is this is a huge risk for the Disney company. Uh, because Iger has said he's like we can't we don't have enough content right now to charge the kind of money that that a Netflix does. So yeah. it's not going to be eight or nine or ten dollars a month. It's it's maybe going to be six or seven bucks a month. Yep. So and, and you know that over a, you know a million or two or three million um, subscribers, I, you know you're talking real money. Yeah, yeah. You're they they're really gonna in order to make this be what they want it to be they're really going to have to take some market share from from netflix yeah and yeah and that's like, not going like to be an easy say, thing to like do he's saying you know yeah a lot of people think this is just free money for disney that right. they're just going to start this channel whoever signs up is gravy well like he yeah. said that's not true because no. they have all this stuff on other other platforms yeah. but what I agree. They're going to start out at a very low price, get everybody signed up for it, happy with the content they're getting. Yeah. And then as they're able to expand content and raise the price slowly, they will suck this away and be able to build up. Disney has a ton of money. I'm not too worried about Disney, right? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, of course, excited about the service, but two big things I want that I want to see on it. Disney Afternoon from the late 80s and early 90s. Those mm-hmm. those series, Darkwing and, and, uh, and, of course, DuckTales and... Don't do it. Gummy Bears and all of that. Right. Okay. The other thing I want to see are live-action movies. Movies I grew up with that I can't find anywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. You like know, what? Flight of the Navigator, for instance. That would be... My kids, I'd love to sit down with my kids and and be able to show them show them you know Black Hole and Flight of the Navigator. And Ooh, Black Hole! The Apple. I saw that at the drive-in. It was a double feature with Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> all the kids sat outside on lawn chairs. Sorry, mm-hmm. this is taking me back. Uh, <laughs> sat outside on the lawn chairs and the blankets. And we watched Sleeping Beauty, and then and we had my my uncle had driven his Scout. <laughs> and we and the adults were in it, and then when when the black hole started, they all got out, and we got in there. And I remember falling asleep during yeah. the black hole. 
Yeah. But but stuff like that. The Apple Dumpling Gang. I oh, mean, Don Knotts. The, yeah. Tim Conway. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. All that stuff. The great <laughs> Disney content. The great Everything Kirk. Fred McMurray did. Yes. Oh the Shaggy Fred DA. Disney legend. Yeah. yeah. And Fred. Double indemnity. You give me enough <laughs> Fred McMurray and... You just want to be able to sit down with your kids and watch... Kurt Russell and, you know, all these great actors that from from these live-action movies that yeah. exist. Is old Yeller Disney? That old? What's that? Is old Yeller Disney? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that those are two things that, if they do them, that would suck me in immediately. Here, yeah, take my <laughs> Stop money. Stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. I'm curious to see what they do. And at that price, you know, that's the right way to do it. Because I'm the person that's not going to get it for Mm -hmm. much money. But if you're going to have some sort of Star Wars series Mm -hmm. and it's six bucks, I'll do it. You know, you'll get me. And then as long as you keep the content coming, I'll never notice that debit that comes out every month. Right. Yeah. Just stay away from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and... Yeah. Don't don't push that, and then I'll know yeah. you don't have anything. Right. I, I got to tell you, I I just finished off this last season of Agents of Shield, and everything Jordan said about <laughs> it was right. Everything leading up to that last episode was Horrible. noise. So yeah. it was so, it was fine. So if can the I last just watch? Can I just watch the last episode? Will I know what mean as much? Um, I here's the thing: the world's in danger. Okay, I got it. Phil Coulson shows up, makes yeah. some snarky remarks, and let's, you know, I, I think a savvy watcher is going to be able to pick up on almost everything. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you could probably either watch the last one or maybe the last two. Yeah, where where and, can I watch this? That's uh, on Netflix now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it is? Okay, good. Yeah. I, I've, I've thought about it a couple times because I, I don't like the show, but everybody has said the last episode's good, so. And they that. clearly, clearly wrote it as a series finale and then went, oh, crap, we got picked up for another year. What do we do now? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I think we did it. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else okay. except, okay, except, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a minute and a half on Big Brother. Is there, is there oh, Big I Brother heard some Big Brother stuff Okay, what did you hear? I want to hear what Cliff has heard about Big Just Brother. Just that um, the host... Uh, oh yeah, what, what's her name? Julie Chen. Julie Julie Chen, Chen Moonves. Yes, that's what I heard. Yeah, she that was great. Out. She has always went by Julie Chen. Mm-hmm. Of course, she's married to Les Moonves. He's got all this. You know, he runs CBS or did. He did. He, you know, mm-hmm. he's got these allegations, and you know, whatever he denies them. What, whatever. She's standing by her man. Yeah. You, know? you know, but she just. It was so with such sass last night when <laughs> when she signed off. This is Julie Chen Moonbez, and just like go for it, you know. Um, anyway, yeah, just for anybody that's watching Big Brother, the this this week was the double eviction, which is usually the most exciting episode of the season. Sometimes they have two of them in a season, but I think um, this was you know it could go either way. Uh, they're kind of this had been a really good season, and then all of a sudden. The last few, they made a poor choice to bring somebody back that was a waste of time, mm-hmm. and they just went right back out of the house, and it was whatever. But they, you know, there was a blind, big blind side in the double eviction, so it was it was still a good episode. Um, but I just had a couple things to say about it. One, the this is one of the 
best alliances that has ever been made in any of the seasons. They started at the beginning, level six, and they've been together till the end. They had to cut a couple people, there, you know, along the way, and but really a core four of them stayed together the whole season until this double eviction. They got rid of Brett was his name in a blind side, but you know a lot of people are giving uh, this Casey a lot of credit. She's winning a lot of competitions, but. I just want to call her out as far as people are giving her too much credit based on results. Just they got to think how many people have played this show and thought, I'll be part of a team, we'll win competitions, as long as we stick together, we'll win. Yay, let's go. Well, that everybody does that, and 90% of them lose. You have to be able to lie to everybody also, and mm-hmm. she doesn't have any of those skills. <laughs> so just because her team is doing good and the guy running the team is super smart, don't give her too much credit. Um, and also the fact that her, their team has won so many competitions. The last time someone won that wasn't one of the three in that group was like weeks and weeks ago, and they voted out one of their own people. So I did think the difference between this, I, I had said they had their first celebrity big brother earlier this year, and they kind of proved that you could do the show in just three weeks. You don't have to have three months. Right. And, and it's kind of interesting. To, and they'll do that again. I'm sure they'll do Celebrity. Although Big Brother has not been picked up for next year. And this is the latest they've ever went. And the ratings are actually really good. So I don't know what. And this whole thing with Julie Chen. Who knows what's going to happen. Not not that they have to stay on CBS. Right. That was going to be my question. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It, it won't go away forever. Someone else will pick it up. It, it gets ratings. But, the, but what I was going to say was. As good as Celebrity Big Brother was, and yes, they could do like an All-Stars in three weeks or or something, but what the summer show has that the others don't is proven by the fact over three months, you become actual friends with these people. You almost a family, and like a couple nights ago, the showmance, the two, the couple that have kind of gotten together and, uh, you know, kind of been working together behind the scenes, they... Uh, actually told each other they love each other the other night and you you know in a very believable way and you don't you don't get that in three weeks you know so to set up relationships over a summer where you're with someone 24 hours a day it's you you know it's like dating for a year you know when you're <laughs> you don't you don't ever go do anything yeah. with anybody else you're always with them so it's believable that you get into this strong relationship and then you have to possibly vote them out. Or send them home in order for you to win. And it's happened on other seasons in different countries. So that's where a lot of the drama comes from. I'm curious. That's kind of what we're holding on to in these last few weeks of this good season that got a little stale lately. At least there's a chance that, you know, Tyler, the guy that should win, has been saying behind the scenes that he he had planned to vote her out. And then a couple nights ago he told her he loved her. So if he still votes her out, he definitely deserves to win. <laughs> wow. So for anybody watching it, it is one of the better seasons and I'm excited to see how it wraps up. Okay. Oh yeah. We did it. Yeah. Another one down. You. 120. That's hard to believe. Oh, is that? Is yeah, that's 120. 120. Well, what do you know? How about that? <sighs> how many were, that's, at least 119, probably with Jordan, maybe on it. Yeah. <laughs> Broke the streak. Yeah. Oh, so with that, um, 
You're probably already listening to us. We certainly hope so. But you can find us on iTunes if you like us. If you liked our big animated show, leave us a review. Five stars. Uh, we, you can find us on Google Play, um, Facebook, uh, on the Twitter at The Kapow Podcast, and all that good stuff. All right. Thanks for coming, Justin. Yeah, appreciate we it. We will have you again. You always always fun. Do always a great fun. Job. And you so. keep bringing those notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So yeah. So hopefully um, Jordan went out and uh, with his uh, we'll hear so pro about, buddies yeah. and we'll hear all about Mothra and saw the Mothman and Mothra and It'll, Bigfoot and all that stuff. It'll be great. So for Justin and Cliff. I'm Fisty Brickleberry. Thanks for listening. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. So these episodes uh, aren't, aren't, they're not too bad to edit. They don't take me all that long. Yeah. It's, it's just the clip shows when we get in. The best, it. the view, I, the thing I really enjoy the most, and it's such, I mean, I know it's not as hard as it works out to sound for these, this particular thing, but I like when you will have a whole song or something playing or a whole clip and where you mention a line mm-hmm. and that line is played, well, all you do is line that up there and start it way back. So just what, that it comes and lines up perfectly at that moment is so, so funny. Believe it or not, sometimes they're happy accidents. Oh, oh, oh I've, I've done things like that before too. I, I, I've done things like that before too. But. If we're ripping on the editing, I do have one complaint about <laughs> uh, part two. Uh, and this this is the 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 Disney the, uh, nerd when we were talking about Finding Nemo. Yeah, you dropped in the music. Oh, uh, I put Big that Blue in there just World. for you because nobody else would have picked it up. Because <laughs> that works. Because Big Blue World. Yeah, it's Big from Blue the musical. At, it, it's it's from the the stage musical at Epcot and the yeah. ride at or the stage musical at Animal, Animal Kingdom, Kingdom and the ride at Epcot. It's not in the movie at right. all. And I'm yeah. sitting there because I'm, I'm singing along to it. I'm like. <laughs> A minute. That's not in the movie. That son of a bitch. <laughs> I must register a complaint. Yeah. Yeah, I totally put that in there just for us because nobody else that listens to yeah. it will pick that up at all. They'll they'll just it'll never acknowledge that. I don't know. I feel like I noticed that. I feel like I noticed somebody singing that wasn't like I don't remember that, yeah. right? You know, but yeah. it was but that like, says yeah. Yeah, that stuff. And yeah. oh, wow. we got our outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs>